Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Amazon and Visa fighting. Your news update. And Royce and I talk the latest Twitter trend on this edition of State of the Bands Weekend starting right now. Good afternoon or good morning wherever you are. It's Arbitrage State of the Bands Weekend for November 20th, 2021. I'm Joshua Stark. Customers are caught in the middle of a growing dispute among Amazon and Visa over transaction fees. The online retail giant moved this week to stop shoppers from using Visa credit cards issued in the United Kingdom starting next year. The latest salvo in a battle between payment networks and retailers. Amazon blamed high fees for its decision, marking an escalation from action it has taken in Singapore and Australia, where it has started charging 0.5% extra for using credit cards from the payment juggernaut. Seattle-based Amazon and San Francisco-based Visa are two of the biggest forces in retail, and their showdown over fees marks an infection point in the payment industry, says Laura Hoy, equity analyst at Hargreaves Lansdowne. A Southern California man was sentenced to three years in federal prison for operating an unlicensed business that exchanged at least $13 million in Bitcoin and cash, the U.S. Attorney's Office said. Hugo Mejia, 50, of the city of Ontario, purposefully flouted money exchange regulations and structured his business to establish an anonymous conduit for money laundering of drug trafficking proceeds, federal prosecutors wrote in a sentencing memorandum. U.S. District Judge Cormac J. Carney sentenced Mejia on Thursday. Mejia pleaded guilty in July for one count of operating an unlicensed money transmitting business and one count of money laundering. Mejia exchanged Bitcoin for cash and vice versa and charged commissions for the transactions from May 2018 to September 2020, prosecutors said. Job candidates rarely know when hidden in artificial intelligence tools are rejecting their resumes or analyzing their video interviews, but New York City residents could soon get more say over the computers making behind-the-scenes decisions about their careers. A bill passed by the city council in early November would ban employers from using automated hiring tools unless a yearly bias audit can show that they weren't discriminated against based on based on an applicant's race or gender. It would also force makers of those AI tools to disclose more about their opaque workings and give candidates the options of choosing an alternative process, such as a human, to review their application. Gunther, the German shepherd, spent an early morning 
playing with his tennis ball, rolling in the grass, slobbering a little, and napping a lot. Later, he had a meeting with the real estate agents selling his Miami mansion that his handlers bought from Madonna. And of course, Gunther was wearing his very best faux diamond dog collar for the meeting. His real gold collar is back at his main home in Tuscany. As crazy as it sounds, even by Florida standards, Gunther V inherited his vast fortune, including the eight-bedroom waterfront home once owned by the Material Girl singer from his grandfather, Gunther IV. At least that's what the managers say. Who knows? The Tuscan-style villa with views of Biscayne Bay went on sale Wednesday for $31.75 million, a whopping markup from the purchase two decades ago, for $7.5 million. More after this. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad this Council. This week's State of the Bands blog includes the River Thames full of baby sharks, do 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 Zillow having trouble with getting homes, too, and why top ten lists suck. All this and more in this week's State of the Bands blog, available now at arbitragetrade.com and .org. Now, let's go to the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Arbitrage, Mr. Royce Wells, for more. Royce. Baby shark. Doo, 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 oh, doo, no. Baby shark. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, you didn't want to hear me saying I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not the Thames. Thames? 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 Timmy? So, this week, we have a, a biological wonder. Could you believe that the River Thames has wildlife in it? And I'm not talking about, you know, just little fishies and stuff like that. Seals, seahorses, yeah. and baby sharks. I like it. It's the spur dog shark, right? Spur dog shark. It is, uh, it's actually one of the... Uh, one of the most amazing things that's been a, seen out there. Yeah. It's also called the spiny dogfish, and um, don't they hunt in packs? Yeah, yeah. Sort yeah, of like coyotes, right? Kind of like coyotes, I guess. But uh, not of the wily they, kind. But yeah. yeah, are they are they aggressive hunters? I mean, do they like play lame and then lure their bait in and then just you know? Well, here's the thing. Um, they're really aggressive, and they have a sizable diet. So, yeah. Anything that moves. You would think, yeah. Uh, they're found in deep water, and they've got spines in front of the 
dorsal fins that secrete a venom that can cause pain and swelling. Wait a minute. They're humans. venomous as well? Yes, that's correct, sir. <laughs> Sounds only, like it's from Australia. Not only do they have <laughs> baby shark teeth, but they also have... Oh, you didn't. They also have poison. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Phenomenum. It's a thing. Phenomenum. <laughs> so, also, they have Taupe Shark, which is another another shark, and they can they can reach up to six feet and up to 106 pounds. Yeah, no, that's a baby shark. 106 pounds. Come on, give me a great white. Um, meanwhile, we have the uh, Hound Shark that can reach up to four feet and 25 pounds. And the amount of fish species is large, but it's actually declined. Now, here's the weird thing about all this. Okay. Uh, the 215-mile River Thames um, was declared biologically dead in 1957. Okay, so what happened? So there was so much uh, pollution and so much... Uh, so much of a uh, a sewage problem uh, that it caused what they referred to as the Great Stink. And the Great Stink killed everything off. But now they're coming back. We've got more than 115 species of fish and 92 species of bird that you can find in the River Thames. So is this like the movie Alligator? You flush it down the toilet and then the next thing you know, they're just coming out from every open sewage main well, that's not exactly what it looks like, but, uh, you know, they're going to be studying this for a while. Speaking of studying this for a while, you can stay with us for more right here on Arbitrage Weekend. Stick around. I promise you it's going to be fun. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn, but not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Naturally, you would assume that chefs eat well at work, and you would technically be correct. These are food lovers surrounded by great produce doing long hours at weird times surely rustling up staff meals is an established perk of the job right no you would actually be wrong punishing yourself was part of chef's then rock star attitude a lot of managers and owners would say go eat and assume everyone did not eating was definitely not a rule you'd be hungry the prep chef might throw something on maybe a stew or a bolognese and easy, stodgy one-panner, and you'd end up bending it at the end of the night. There has never been an industry standard on staff food, uh, either on availability or quality, and provision was and is incredibly varied. 
In large, busy, or chain restaurants with many staff on various shifts, employees are usually entitled to eat from the menu for free or at a 50 to 75% discount, sometimes from a limited choice of lower cost dishes. Some provide staff rooms or let staff eat in the restaurant. Others shoo them to the back rooms. In smaller restaurants, a forward-thinking owner might set the tone. Restaurants that flat-out refuse staff food are rare, but then there are always employers who wanted it to be the absolute cheapest. This is counterproductive at best. If people aren't fed, they're not productive. And you start losing people mentally, and the stuff that they produce isn't the best. A new generation of head chefs is emerging who see manifest benefits in gathering their staff late afternoon between services, usually at an undressed restaurant table, to eat what is often rather sentimentally referred to as the family meal. They want their employees to feel energized, valued, to bond as a team. At Stockport's Where the Light Gets In, Everyone meets at 11 a.m. in a dedicated staff room to have a team meeting and to eat breakfast, be it conges or cured mackerel on toast. The chefs take turns to cook breakfast, and at 4 p.m. meal, for instance, would be jerk chicken, bibimbap, or homemade pizza. I remember eating out of pans, sat on top of fridges, and eating around a table is super important, said chef owner Sam Buckley, who usually handles Saturday breakfast. It's a courtesy to people who work hard for you. Modern progressive kitchens, of course, use trim from prime meat cuts or surplus vegetables in staff food, minimizing waste. But most allow staff to buy extra ingredients, often from the restaurant suppliers. Some budget around three bucks a head. Others leave it open-ended. No one's ordered a kilo of truffles yet, says Buckley. As a young chef, said Stuart Ralston, owner of Edinburgh's Azel and Noto restaurants, I weighed nine stone. I never ate. That was often because staff food was poor. At one place, as we made chicken stock, we had to pick the carcasses to make staff tea. Now buying staff fish and proteins is budgeted into our cost. At Oklava, Kazim concedes getting everyone to sit down together can be difficult. You're constantly working around obstacles, staff shortages, supplier issues, busy lunches no one saw coming. On those occasions, the 4 p.m. meal is eaten at different times by everyone. But staff are fed healthy, nutritious food. I insist on vegetables or salad next to the main and limit the amount of pasta. It can make staff lethargic and shouldn't always be the quick go-to. More after this on Arbitrage State of the Bands Weekend. Stick around. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. 
If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Royce, it's no secret. Everybody's looking for a house these days, and it's a seller's market. It's kind of weird. But I get on Zillow all the time and Redfin all the time, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the speed at which the market moves. So I've often asked myself this question. And um, now that we're on this segment, it, it's kind of cool because someone actually did this, right? I'm like, the, the question is, if I sold my house, where would I go, right? Yeah. Well, and- a couple of geniuses have figured out that Zillow will actually buy their houses from them and within 72 hours cut them a check. Now, right? that is true. It's called Zillow Offers. Yep. Okay. But it's closing now. Yeah, but while it was open, these uh, courageous pioneers and real estate moguls, right, they sold their house to Zillow, let it close in that 72-hour window, make sure the close was completing, let it get listed, and then buy it right back for about 25% less than they sold it for. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. See, you got two or three different things going on here. Number one... People are doing that, you know, and you that's are, called flipping. I love that kind of flipping. That that is that is the <laughs> didn't very, even have to get a moving company. That's the very definition of flipping. But um, basically, they'd sell their house. You get an offer uh, that you can process, and of course, um, this is a process called i buying. It's not just Zillow that does this. Uh, you know, there are a lot of companies that'll 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 buy a house off of you. And generally speaking, you get an offer and uh, you get a check in the mail within 24 to 72 hours. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, That's kind but of fun. This also contributes to market inflation, which is something I'm dealing with because you see houses that are normally, you know, 120, 130,000 going for 250, $300,000. Yeah, a little bit of a spike. Yep. But um, I'm sure uh, that means Zillow uh, technically has already paid the piper for this. But what's going to happen with the Zillow employees? Because I'm like, I'm sure if you bought it for 25% more and then sold it for 25% loss, that won't look good on your books. Technically speaking, that's correct. What had happened was is that uh, the housing market, it, it started out great this year. I mean, it was... Everything was up, and uh, and it was a it was a serious, you know, buyer's market, right? No, seller's market. Well, right? se- seller's market. Excuse me. It was a it was a seller's market, and you could sell your house for an amazing amount of money. Unfortunately, um, but fortunately, I suppose um, it's kind of it's kind of uh, leveled off at this point. Um, yeah, I hate it when it slows down. Volatility is king when it's when you're making money. Yeah, and and you know Zillow had tried to forecast what homes would do, and unfortunately there's an unpredictability going on there, and so uh, there was a safe range that they had that changed quite a bit uh, as the the housing market fluctuated, and therefore. They're laying off around a quarter of their workforce and closing yeah, down Zillow it, offers. It's always interesting to see. Um, basically, any time you have inventory, any business that carries inventory runs the risk of loss. So them having that many houses, 
was definitely bad news. True. But we don't want to lose you, so stick around right here on State of the Bands Weekend. We'll be right back. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Get ready, investors. It's winners and losers. ETFs edition. Exchange-traded funds all have fees and expenses, and most are non-diversified. Keep that in mind as we go through this list today. This winner up 799% seeks daily investment results of 300% of the inverse of the daily performance of the MSCI USIMI Real Estate 2550 Index. The fund invests in swap agreements, futures contracts, short positions, or other financial instruments that provide inverse or short leveraged exposure to the index equal to at least 80% of its net assets. Direction Daily MSCI Real Estate Bear 3 Times Shares, symbol DRV, starts at 435 a share. Next, this winner up 663% seeks daily investment results of 300% of the inverse or opposite of the daily performance of the Technology Select Sector Index. The fund, under normal circumstances, invests in swap agreements, future contracts, short positions, or other financial instruments that, in combination, provide inverse or short leveraged exposure to the index equal to at least 80% of the fund assets. Direction Daily Technology Bear 3 times shares, symbol TECS, starts at 419 a share. Last, this winner up 101% seeks investment results that correspond generally to the price and yield performance of the MSCI Norway IMI 2550 index. Fund invests at least 80% of its total assets in the securities of the underlying index and in American depository receipts. Global X MSCI Norway ETF, symbol NORW, starts at $35.95 a share. Losers this week, this loser down 24%, seeks daily investment results that correspond to three times the inverse of the daily performance of the NASDAQ 100 index. The fund invests in financial instruments that in combination should produce daily returns consistent with the fund's investment objectives. The index includes 100 of the largest domestic and international non-financial companies listed on the NASDAQ stock market based on market capitalization. ProShares Ultra Pro Short QQQ, symbol SQQQ, starts at 2078 a share. 
This loser at 17% down seeks daily investment results of 200% of the inverse or opposite of the daily performance of the MVIS Global Junior Gold Miners Index. The fund invests in swap agreements, futures contracts, short positions, or other financial instruments that in combination produce inverse or short leveraged exposure to the index equal to at least 80% of the fund's net assets. Direction Daily Junior Gold Miners Index Bear 2 times shares. Symbol JDST starts at 11.12 a share. And last at 16% down, this loser seeks daily investment results that correspond to two times the inverse of the daily performance of the NASDAQ 100 index. Once again, this index includes 100 of the largest domestic and international non-financial companies listed on the NASDAQ stock market. ProShares Ultra Short QQQ, symbol QID, starts at 1879 a share. Winners and Losers is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute advice and trading. Percentages and stock prices were current at time of recording. Arbitrage Trade Analytics LLC is solely responsible for the content of this podcast, but you should seek out the assistance of a licensed professional for investment advice. Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, is a privately held market research company. Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, is solely responsible for the preparation and distribution of the content of this podcast. The opinions offered in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for investment advice. For more information about the informational research and services offered by Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, please visit Arbitrage trade.com okay so that's the dulcet tones of miss addison ray i wish we had a camera in here the the facial expression of Mr. Royce Wells is priceless. Now, uh, the reason why I'm playing this is because Barstool Sports, that authority on music, uh, just released the top 10 female vocalists of all time. All time. All time. Now, now that's that's a big, big claim. I'm thinking uh, that, uh, first off, on this list, is that a James on this list? No, Ed James is not on this list. Okay, throw it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it doesn't stop there. I mean, you have Mariah Carey at the first position. It's Christmas. I could see that. I could see that. It's Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. Okay, that's the only time that you listen. I better not say that. Excuse me. Excuse me. I did like Mariah Carey having Fantasy and Free Guy. If you haven't seen it, yeah. it's a great movie. Uh, Whitney Houston, number two. JoJo, number three. Lady Gaga, number four. Wait, JoJo is number three. JoJo, number three, above Lady Gaga. Not only is she above Lady Gaga, but she's also above Aretha Franklin at five, Beyonce at six, and get this, Ashley Simpson, Miss I Can't Lip Sync to My Own Song on Saturday Night Live, is at number seven. Wow. Next thing you're going to tell me is, you know, uh, Britney Spears is on this list. Britney Spears is not on this list. Oh, thank God. Tina Turner is on this list below Ashley Simpson. Wow. And Adele is on this list below Tina Turner. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
not only that, but relative unknown TikToker, uh, Netflix movie person Addison Ray is at number ten. Clearly, they were drinking when they made this list. Barstool Sports, absolutely. Now, here's the little investigative work that I've done. Okay. Okay. Um, Addison Ray is the focal point here. Okay. People will people will balk at that, but this thing is being shared online at lightning speed. So it's it's free publicity. publicity. Ah. Exactly. Uh, if you look at the list, it says rankings generated from data gathered by the ULL. Now, we, we think that that's either a small-town newspaper in Scotland. It's not. Um, or the uh, University of Louisiana. Addison is from Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> Smart, so, clever. She's got a good agent. So here's, here's the thing. Top ten lists, they suck. And here's why, okay? You can put anybody into a top ten list, and all of a sudden they've got free publicity because people are going nuts about it. I have a friend who posted this on Facebook this morning. She's gotten hundreds of comments on that one post. It's insane. People are incensed. Where's Celine Dion? Where's Etta James? Where's Ella Fitzgerald? Where's, yeah. where's Diana Ross, for goodness sake? Definitely. Right? I mean, there's so many talented artists from literally just the 60s and 70s that could have and should have made this list. But that's the point. Free publicity, and unfortunately, we're the machine that gives it to them. Speaking of publicity, see us anytime at arbitragetrade.com and .org. We'll see you next week. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.